welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. Hi. I wanted to circle back to nutrition for a few episodes because I have been studying nutrition intensely since about 2009. Before that, more from a personal standpoint, just trying to be as healthy as possible, but then really professionally starting after 2009, first of all, being really interested in gut health and how that relates to mental health, but then going back to school to become a nutritional therapist. And I just love the subject. I love studying nutrition. I'm always super interested in learning more. There's so much more for us to learn in terms of gut health, but um, I think it's very confusing for people, for most people who don't study the way that I study. And even I study all the time. I'm always reading the literature. I'm talking to professionals and also in clinical practice, helping people practically figure out what to eat. And it's not just about the food. I definitely want to talk about that. The, the fact that it's not all about the food, but I think that it gets, it's gotten more and more confusing to people of what is healthy to eat. So we started, I, we had a nutrition episode with Nina Teicholtz, who is the best-selling author of The Big Fat Surprise, one of my favorite books of all time. I absolutely love Nina. She's just such an amazing human being. So that was episode 28. So if you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen because it was really, really great. Nina is a journalist, a science journalist. And so she has done all the research you could ever do on nutrition and put it together so that we know what is the truth. So in a nutshell, it most of what we've been told in terms of nutrition is wrong. And so you have to end up doing your own research and really digging in because what we are told in mainstream media is just wrong. So, or most of it is just wrong. And so Nina does a great job of laying out the facts so that you can understand things for yourself. But I also just wanted to point out that nutrition research in general is often um, epidemiological studies, which is not a great way to figure out what you should eat. Kind of interesting as a, a qualitative researcher, I like all different forms of research, but it's a, it's not that helpful to really figure out what people should eat. Go back to that episode if you didn't hear it. And then last week we dropped the episode with Dr. Rachel Brown. So that was number 34. So I did a whole series on quantum health and now we're circling back to the nutrition. Gonna stay here for a few episodes. and. What we talked about with Dr. Rachel Brown and I talked about metabolic health as it relates to mental health. So Dr. Brown wrote the book, Metabolic Madness, which is really fantastic. She's, she is a psychiatrist um, and she educates people on nutritional psychiatry and she's just delightful. Everybody I have on the show is delightful and wonderful. So I'm lucky that way. But I wanted to do this episode, it's a solo cast with me. I'm going to focus on what I've learned about nutrition that hopefully is helpful to you. 
the bottom line is you have to see what works for you. And it's going to be a lot of trial and error. And sometimes people don't really like that, hearing that. They want to know what they're supposed to eat. But the same things don't work necessarily for me that would work for you. So it is some trial and error. But I'm going to tell you what I've learned from all of my education, all of my studying, all of my clinical experience, my personal experience. I've put it all together in a way that I think makes sense, hopefully. And I call it the pro-healing approach to, to eating or pro-healing nutrition. And then next week, we have an episode with Sally K. Norton on toxic superfoods. So I wanted to do this episode so you don't get more confused because Sally's amazing. She is an expert in oxalates. So she has um, her degree in nutrition We'll talk, we talk a lot about that. Her degree in nutrition basically taught her all the wrong things. And it didn't really, it led her down a road of getting really sick. And so she had to figure out how to heal herself. And now she helps thousands of people and wrote the book, Toxic Superfoods. So we'll talk about that. And then I'm going to be releasing the episode with Carrie Bennett who is my quantum health friend. I absolutely love talking to Carrie. She is so, so smart. And um, we talk about hydration, but cellular hydration. And then we end up talking about all of these very practical um, quantum strategies. So I think you'll like that one a lot, but really the difference between what we think of as hydration and what is really hydration. So the reason that this um, episode kind of shaped up this way is from a a quote, actually a post that um, Dr. Peter Atia is a doctor that I actually really like. He's a doctor that's gotten it and he is a very popular person. He's got a really popular podcast, but he, he said recently in a podcast episode that there is simply no better elixir for metabolic health than exercise, nutrition, and sleep. Absolutely true. He is not wrong about that. What is difficult for people is to figure out which nutrition, like which nutrition plan, what should I be listening to? How do I actually improve my sleep? How do I get restorative sleep, which is crucial for your health, particularly for optimal health, right? Um, but also exercise. So I'm going to really stay focused on the nutrition part of it, but I want to acknowledge that there are more pieces to the puzzle. I have a, a friend this weekend was asking me for some help. He has psoriasis and he was saying, I've tried everything and I need help. And we started talking about the food. The food is really important. No matter what you've got going on, it's foundational for your health and it's not the only piece. Okay, it's not the only piece of the puzzle. So I'm going to have to, we started with food with him because that's where he wanted to start. It doesn't matter where you start because it it's all connected. I just want you to know that there are more pieces that you can't neglect those pieces if you want optimal health. So the whole kitten caboodle is what I say. We're, we're looking for the whole kitten caboodle for health. And light is I would put as number one. So you've got to get your light environment right and you've got to support your circadian rhythms. So I have videos on YouTube about that. I will probably do more podcasts about that. 
because it is so important. So I would put light and supporting your circadian rhythms as number one, just foundational needs to happen. Utilizing the light from outside the sunlight is really important in any healing plan. So I, it's really five aspects of a pro healing plan. Light and circadian rhythms would be number one. I would put food as number two, cause I love it. Um, you could put it as number one. It, again, it doesn't matter. These are not really ranked. It's just wherever you feel like you have the energy to work, where you want to focus your attention. If you want to do all of it at the same time, that's great. If you want to focus on one area at a time, that's also totally fine, right? So food would be number two. Earth would be number three. So gathering electrons from earthing, but also nature, being in nature would be the third thing. So I have videos about earthing too. And then the nervous system. So I don't know what to call this. And if you have ideas of what to call this, by all means, put it in the comments, message me. If we're friends, you text me. If, if you know my email address, come on, email me people because this is really important. So I'm calling it just support for the nervous system. We cannot leave this piece out. So your emotions and immune system are inextricably connected. So when we have things going on in our immune system is reacting, we have to pay attention to our nervous system and the emotions. I believe that the emotions are really running the show. They're, they're driving the bus. So we don't want to leave that piece out. We are wired, our nervous system is wired with a stress response and a relaxation response. We need both. We are often overactive in our sympathetic or stress response. So our sympathetic nervous system stress, our parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest or the relaxation response. There are as many ways to elicit the relaxation response as there are to elicit the stress response. There is no one way. So this would be the place of breath work, meditation, prayer, any way of eliciting the relaxation response, stress, coping skills, all of that would be under this umbrella. So if you know what to call that emotions, nervous system support, um, what, whatever, you, whatever, this would also include meditation, prayer, yoga, um, all kinds of breath work, any of those kinds of things. So that's number four. And then movement would be number five. So exercise, moving the body is really important. And I'll, I'll hopefully have a chance. It's my podcast. It's my episode. I'll make it. I'll make the time to talk about movement a little bit at the end. Um, but it's all of those pieces put together. Wherever you feel like you can start, you just start. A lot of us like to start with the food. And for me, I didn't understand light. I just didn't have that piece of information. I hadn't studied quantum biology yet. And so I really wasn't understanding how important the light environment is and our supporting our circadian rhythms. So I would probably have started there if I had known, but I didn't. I already had a pretty good practice. I'm a prayer girl. So I, I pray even when I wasn't even sure if I believed in God, I was still doing some sort of prayer back in my teen years up until a night. If you've heard this, the first episode I ever did, I talked about an, 
um, experience that I had when I was 19 years old that really turned me around. And um, really, I became interested in the soul and God after that. So I'm a prayer girl. I love, I like meditation. I am the type of person that really focuses on shorter um, breathing and and meditation practices. So one conscious breath in and out is a meditation we don't have to do really long. You can do longer meditations, but you don't have to, but it's important to have that peace. So I already had that pretty much intact. And I just, and I was always um, somebody who exercised regularly. So I already had that piece. I did not know about earthing. I was in nature a lot, but not with bare skin on the earth's surface really until the last year when I started understanding earthing and looking at the research on earthing. So I might've started there too, but I started with food and food made a huge difference in my life and how much I um, could heal and felt so much better. So I really focused on gut health for a long time. And when I first started teaching gut health was in about 2016, I was at, I was talking a lot about adding things in. So gut healers and things to add in like bone broth and fermented food, like sauerkraut and kimchi and, um, you know, eating whole real foods, getting rid of the processed stuff. So all that was great. None of that is wrong, but a lot of those gut healing foods like bone broth and fermented foods are very high histamine food. So sometimes we have to do some healing before we can add that stuff. And that's where it gets really confusing to people. Plus, I was really focused on adding things in. And at that time, I was very much interested in plants. Like most of you, I believed that the plants were the most important thing. Fruits and vegetables, obviously, right? Not true. Not not even close. Not the most important. Not the most nutrient-dense. Even the, the foods, the plant foods that have a lot of nutrients, it's not actually easy for us as humans to absorb those nutrients. So I have learned a lot since that time. So I developed this pro-healing approach since then, probably really since about 2019. And a lot of that was from interviewing people who had changed their lives mostly their mental health, because that's where I was I was working in, in mental health at the time. And I was really interested in how people utilized food and nutrition to improve their mental health, but also their overall health. But at the time, I was really interested in putting things in. And I realized you absolutely have to take the stuff that's poisoning you out. Like we can't leave that part out. So it's as much when, what you're eating, but it's also circadian rhythms which tell us it's when, what time of day you're eating is um, in some ways more important than what you're eating, even though I think what you're eating is super important. So what, what do we eat? This, this is the whole point. Like, okay, so what is it? What, what do we eat? Well, a pro-healing approach to nutrition is an ancestral seasonal approach. So I'm really most interested in nutrient-dense foods that are easy for people to absorb those nutrients or easier, so more bioavailable nutrients. That is going to be from animal sources of food. So I always apologize here to all of my 
my plant, um, my, my friends that are more plant oriented and, and eat from a plant-based um, perspective. If that is working for you and you feel fantastic, your digestion is great. Your mood is fantastic. You have all the energy you need for the day and you feel really, really good. Then you keep doing that. If not, I'm going to suggest that you open your mind a little bit here because I promise you I've done the research and I have looked into gut healing to the extent that I, this is the way to go. So in a, a seasonal approach, I added when I learned about mitochondrial health, right? And so what we're doing is an animal-based way of eating that specifically addresses gut health, metabolic health, nutrient deficiencies, and mitochondrial health. So that's the, the piece that got added more recently for me as understanding the mitochondrial health. So in a really just quick, I have plenty of videos on, on mitochondrial health and you can check those out, but healthy mitochondria drive health and dysfunctional mitochondria drive disease through inflammation. And you really start to realize that all of this is about reducing inflammation. And so picking the foods that work in your body that are um, the most nutrient dense foods that you can properly prepared. And if you're going to eat produce, make sure that it's in season. So you're not confusing your mitochondria. So the mitochondria are in every single cell of our body, except red blood cells. And there can be thousands or a million per cell. And that most of us know that's how we make our energy, our ATP, but it's also, it does so much more than that. So if you really want deep healing, we're talking about cellular healing, and that's going to involve healthy mitochondria. So when you're doing all of these, this way of eating, this ancestral seasonal way of eating, you're going to be supporting your gut health, your metabolic health, your mitochondria, and you're going to be addressing any nutrient deficiencies. I will say that we do sometimes need to address those nutrient deficiencies first as well as digestive health, because if your digestion is off, which a lot of people, that is off. And so we can address that sort of at the same time that we're figuring out your food, but sometimes we need um, targeted supplementation. I'm really not a huge fan of supplements, but it can save people's lives, particularly amino acids for mental health. I've seen that time and time again, save people and people who are new to recovery. So any kind of addiction recovery or even health recovery, sometimes we just need those supplements um, at first. And what's really incredible, and this is not new, this is actually, there were, I think he's a psychiatrist. He has an MD and a PhD. Back in the 1980s, Carl Pfeiffer wrote a book called Mental Illness and Nutrition, but they were treating severe mental illness with nutrients, mostly supplementation. I don't actually recommend his book because the diet that he recommends in there is all wrong. They didn't understand about seed oils and they were recommending things that we absolutely do not recommend anymore. But what's amazing is that they were getting incredible results from changing people's diets and doing supplementation. So targeted supplementation. And what happened is that sometimes when people um, originally felt better on plant foods, and so they were just feeling, and once they got the nutrients 
the nutrient deficiencies were addressed through supplementation, then the person could actually eat a lot more. They could eat a lot more meat too. So then they were able to add the animal sources, which are going to be more bioavailable. But sometimes, we, again, we have to do some healing that feels like it might be a little bit backwards. I promise I'm getting to what, what do I eat for crying out loud, Kelly? <laughs> what do I eat? Um, I, I just have to say that ketosis is a metabolic state. So some of you are like, well, do I do the ketogenic diet, a whole foods paleo, whole foods ketogenic? So that's why I created the a whole foods pro healing diet so that people could be less confused. Now, ketosis is a metabolic state. It is not a diet, but nutritional ketosis is extremely helpful as a tool for deeper healing, so faster and deeper healing, actually. And for some people, it's a really important piece. And for some people, it is not. So, uh, but I like to use, um, I like to use nutritional ketosis, particularly for mental health, but also skin issues can be very helpful for a lot of different things. All right, what do I eat? Okay, you're gonna prioritize any animal sources of food that you can that you like and that you can afford. So that's going to be the majority by volume what you're eating. Now, I have clients that if they didn't snack, they really wouldn't eat much. So we have to snack. But for the most part, I don't recommend that you snack. I recommend that you do meals. Like just go ahead and eat a full meal. What I do say now is no naked carbs. So you don't want to be snacking or eating meals full of carbohydrates. You want the protein and the good fat. So you're gonna prioritize your protein and your fat from animal sources of food. So anything that comes from an animal. And yes, that includes dairy. So some people do great with dairy and some people do not. Some people can do raw dairy, which is much better for you, but not the processed dairy that you buy in your stores. Other people can't do any dairy at all. So you just have to see the more you heal. So with sunlight, getting your light right, getting your circadian rhythms right, earthing, and a little bit of ketosis does not hurt here. The more sunshine and ketosis you have, the more you start to see less and less food sensitivities. Now, some of us are dealing with addiction and that's a little bit of a different thing. So you have to just um, be careful with that. So if you start having more cravings, um, it's particularly for junk and processed stuff or sugar, then you want, you know, that you're, you've got to tweak some things. For me personally, the more carbohydrates of any kind, doesn't matter if we think they're healthy carbohydrates, like fruits and vegetables, the more I have, the more I crave junk, particularly sugar and dark chocolate and things that I do not moderate well, unfortunately. So if you moderate well and you feel great, you do you, right? But for the most part, we wanna, we're, we're looking for those animal sources mainly because they're more bioavailable for the nutrients. You're gonna get all those amino acids. It's complete amino acids. You can get amino acids from plants, but not complete. And there are certain DHA with fatty acids, like essential fatty acids, like um, DHA and EPA that um, you're you're just not going to get good sources from plants. And so we want to get those from animals if we can. 
DHA is so important for the brain that it's a, a fatty acid, omega-3 fatty acid that is mostly available in seafood. So if you can eat seafood, that's a great source. Um, there are other sources if, if you can't eat that, but we're going to really prioritize nutrient dense foods. So steak, salmon roe, eggs, beef liver, some of the no most nutrient dense foods on the planet. If you like those things, can afford those things and tolerate those things, eat those things. So um, a lot of people have trouble with eggs, but it's usually the egg white that's the problem, not the egg yolk. So try that. And if, you, if you're having like allergic type reactions or headaches or something is happening from the eggs, you just lay off the eggs for now and you eat other nutrient dense foods, but you're going to eat, I don't care if it's, a, if it's chicken, fish, um, turkey, beef, all the ruminant meats are really you know, grass-fed ruminant meats are going to be really healthy choices. So lamb, bison, beef, um, walks on four legs, eats grass are the ruminant meats. Um, goat is also something if you can get that and, and have that, that's great. Of course, I love supporting regenerative farms that are close by. The more you can support your local farmers and your, get a butcher, we have a seafood shop that's family owned right outside of my neighborhood. So I can get fresh fish there all the time. That's great. Local is great. Grass-fed beef is great. Pastured pork and uh, eggs and chicken and turkeys that are wild, all great. But you do the best you can do with whatever you can afford. So it's, you're, you're going to do, you're going to be better off eating the meat that you can afford, whatever meat that is. Um, I'm not just talking about red meat, by the way. So fish, chicken, whatever it is, um, that you like, then you do more of that. So that's your priority. You're also really prioritizing good fat. So uh, my clients do fine with avocados and olives and olive oil and avocado oil and coconut oil, all of that, they usually do really fine with that. People with really severe gut health, really um, like a cancer that they're, they're working on, often will say just stick to the animal sources of fat. Tallow, uh, duck fat is amazing. Um, pork, so uh, lard or bacon fat, whatever fats that you can tell is really one of the most easy to come across, but also butter, ghee. Those are all really great sources of good fat. And then you're going to pick, if you're going to eat produce, so if you're going to eat fruits and vegetables, you want to eat seasonally. So there is, a, I have a whole thing on this. You can go find videos about me talking about this all the time is that when we eat out of season, we're confusing our mitochondria. Um, we may be actually getting more to something called deuterium. So deuterium is natural, but it's going to be, you know, if you eat a pineapple, when pineapple is not grown anywhere near you and it's completely out of season, pineapple has a lot of deuterium. Deuterium is something that ages us. So if you're really looking for anti-aging and healing, you're going to want to eat in-season local food as much as you possibly can. There might be things that just work for you, right? Like you just like to snack on olives and yet nowhere near you are olives. I would say 
try to just focus on the things, particularly if you have health issues that you're trying to heal, focus on the things that are grown locally. But I also, I understand that you've got things that, that really seem to work for your, the way that you eat and maybe you're healing in a different way. I don't know. So use, you just keep doing what works for you and take this information and see what resonates, right? And do some trial and error and just see how you feel. So do I think that people need to go on like a strict carnivore diet? Not necessarily. My friend that just talked to me about his psoriasis, I'm recommending that he go on carnivore for a bit while we get some other things in place to help reduce the inflammation, but he likes meat. He likes red meat. He enjoys eating that way. He travels a lot. So asking him a lot of questions um, and then figuring out that's probably going to be the easiest thing for him. Because if you're traveling all the time, how are you going to figure out seasonally? Your body's going to be all kind of confused anyway. So the more you can spend time outside, getting the light right, supporting your circadian rhythms, right? I keep saying all that, even though we're focusing on food here. Sometimes it's much easier to just cut the plants out for a while and let your body heal. And that is what I did. And it was unbelievable, the healing. I also lost some weight, which was kind of nice. <laughs> that was a, the bonus is getting back in a bikini comfortably. So I do think you've got to do your best to stay away from the gut detractors. Okay. It doesn't matter who you ask in the health and wellness world. We all say that sugar and processed foods have got to go. I would add artificial anything, any artificial sweeteners, artificial added, any of that crap. It's got to go. Those are neurotoxins. They are not good for you. Now, am I going to love you? Even if you, you're still stuck on your diet sodas or whatever, of course, of course, I'm going to love you anyway. This is about your health and the choices that you make, okay? So that stuff at some point has got to go. If you're after optimal health, it's got to go. All right, so gut detractors are things like, and I'm going to say all sugar, but you know, natural sugar. Some people can handle them, some people can't. I recommend people get off sugar, all sugars, as much as you can for at least a little break to your gut, but any of the processed stuff. So if you're opening a package of anything and it's processed, you want to stay away from that stuff. Seed oils are terrible. Seed oils, so-called seed oils, vegetable oils, canola, sunflower, safflower, soybean oil, all of those, all of that stuff that is in every single restaurant where you eat, even they're spraying the grill on that. So even if you're getting a steak or something else, it's it's probably got seed oils. That is very detrimental for our health. So do whatever you have to do to avoid those. Grains. Grains are inflammatory, people. So I do not recommend that people eat grains. I have clients, though, that we had to add some white rice back because they were losing too much weight. And we found that white rice seems to be okay for most people. So something like that. Sometimes people can add potatoes especially my athletes that, you know, want to keep the, the potatoes and the sweet potatoes, they're really high in oxalates. So if you've got a lot of joint pain, sleep issues, digestive issues, I'm going to say back off and really focus on the 
the animal sources of, of food, the protein and the fat, right? And to, to back off of all of those high oxalate foods, which you can listen to next week with Sally K. Norton and learn all about those toxic superfoods. But sometimes we have to add stuff back. Soy, no good. And then out of season plants are going to create a problem for your gut because it's not going to match the light environment outside. So your gut microbiome changes and rather quickly, actually. So within three to five days, you can have a whole new lining. If you're really paying, you're outside, you're paying attention to your light environment, you're supporting circadian rhythms, and you're eating this really nutrient dense seasonal approach that that's going to heal very quickly, actually. So um, the other big thing is junk blue light. So really getting some blue blockers, being really protective after sunset indoors, dimming the lights so that you're protecting uh, your circadian rhythms so that you're releasing the hormones that need to be released and making um, you're not making the melatonin, you make that earlier, but you're releasing melatonin when you're supposed to be. That is all going to really support your sleep too. So when we go back to the original quote of like, yes, the the elixir for our, our metabolic health. And if you're like, wait, why is my metabolic health important? Go to last week's episode with Dr. Rachel Brown and you can hear all about why metabolic health is so important, not just for your health, but your mental health too, right? So he's saying that there's simply no better elixir for our metabolic health and exercise, nutrition, and sleep. Well, I'm telling you the nutrition piece I've just gone over is a pro-healing approach and that's all going to improve your sleep. So light, circadian rhythms, earthing, movement, all of those things in, in nervous system, supporting your nervous system, all of that helps your sleep. Um, I have videos about how to improve your sleep because it's so important. You can get away with eating junk for a while and continue to function. You can get away with mediocre, not exercising at all or doing some mediocre exercise that, that you can get away with for a long time. You cannot get away with not sleeping for very long and function well. So our sleep is really important to protect. And when you stop eating after sunset, that is going to be huge for your gut health and your sleep. That's more about supporting your circadian rhythms, right? So not eating a bunch of junk at night, not eating anything after sunset, just drinking water. And if you want, you could, I guess, have some, some decaf or maybe some herbal teas or something. If you really feel like you need a little something uh, in the evening, definitely drink your, your filtered water or your spring water. And you can stay hydrated, of course, but you don't want to eat after sunset because uh, it, well, it, the gut microbiome doesn't like that. There's a lot of reasons, but you're also, it takes full 12 hours, a full 12 hours to digest everything in your system. So you want to give yourself at least 12 hours between your last meal and your first meal. When there's a lot more that you can do to support, um, your circadian rhythms with the timing of eating. But in terms of sleep, getting out for light breaks, getting an early morning light, that is going to be huge. Consistently doing these things is going to be the key. So you fall off, you know, the wagon or you cheat or whatever it is, 
whatever. You get back on, you just move right along. It's a process. So you just start the next bite, the next meal, the next whatever. You just make better choices. It's all about choices too. So people are like, oh, I cheated. It's not a cheat. I mean, if, especially if we're talking about food, it's just food. You made a choice. I don't recommend cheat days as a thing to do, like um, Sunday fun days. That is nonsense. Um, as an addict, of course, I'm like in recovery. Uh, that's nonsense because you would never say to an alcoholic, oh yeah, just on Sundays, go ahead and have yourself a few drinks. Not, not, not a cool thing to do. Not a good idea. So when you're working on your health and your healing, I don't think it makes sense to, to then put things that are poisonous into your body. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. But I also believe in self-compassion and kindness and you just make some choices right? And you just make some different choices the next time. So I, I think there's a balance between those, those two things. And the, the thing that I will say about movement, all right, is that it's important to move the body. And what I have found so far is that you can exercise moderately and have the, the same, even not even that you can you can exercise less and benefit just the same as long as you are getting your light and your circadian rhythms, your food, earthing. When you're doing all of that, then you have more choice. I think you have more choice in terms of the food that works in your body. You have more choice in terms of what kind of exercise you do and the benefit of that. That being said, high intensity interval training, so either doing true high intensity interval training or doing some sprints, interval sprints, very helpful for autophagy specifically. Very helpful also as a tool in your healing. So yeah, of course, I love any kind of movement, walking, yoga. If you love running, by all means run. If you love Zumba classes or lifting weights, awesome. Yeah, all of, of, of that is great. And a little bit of interval training, and it doesn't even have to be that much or that often, it can be a couple times a week, makes a big difference in how your body is able to clean itself through autophagy. So, or sometimes it's called autophagy, depending on where you are in the world. So I learned aut autophagy. So auto, self, phagy, or is eating, so self-eating. It's one of the ways that our body has to clean itself particularly in the middle of the night around 2 a.m. So if your body is busy digesting and you're not sleeping, your body isn't able to get into deeper levels of autophagy. And you can utilize exercise, particularly the high-intensity intervals, to get into deeper levels of autophagy. So what kind of exercise we do actually ends up kind of mattering. So you can... Just get movement though, um, consistently moving the body. The other thing that's really important is to move the body in unique movements. So behind you, like I think of crab crawls or different kinds of like spideys, what we used to call it, where you're kind of in a lunge um, situation or a, um, what do you call that? Push-ups, but with our legs doing like spideys. Anyway, 
you can do these unique movements really great for the fascia in our body, which is really good for our mitochondrial health in, in our exclusion zone water, which is what the, the special water inside of us that our mitochondria make. All of that is really important for communication throughout the body and for health. So unique movements are also important. If you can work those in, I would do that. But you can start wherever you feel like starting. And I'm hoping that this is actually more helpful, that it's giving you permission to eat some of the things that you thought you shouldn't eat because you weren't sure they were healthy. I'm telling you that prioritizing animal sources of food is going to be more helpful for gut healing in particular. But gut healing is also a circadian biology issue. So you want to get your circadian rhythms supported. And I certainly respect anybody, any way of eating that people have found that is helpful for them. What you want to pay attention to is your mood. So mood follows food. Mood, digestion, and energy are important. And of course, any um, other symptoms that might come up like flushing or a rash or some kind of um, sinus issues, that is generally your body telling you that it doesn't like something and it's often a food. So when you're continuing to put in a food that your body is not liking, then you're going to continue to have inflammation. And we're actually trying to go in the opposite direction to reduce the inflammation. So you want to pay attention to that and do your best to eat the things that seem to really work in your body that are giving your body the most nutrients and uh, the most energy and your digestion is still good. There are things we could go into. I won't go into with digestion, but that's what I do with people. So, you know, a pro healing approach is really more about being in harmony. So having your internal environment, your inside your body in harmony with the environment that you're in, your natural environment. So in harmony with the sun and the season that you're in. So everything is starting to match the food you eat with being outside and the light environment that you're in matches. And so your body is able to work its magic and live your healthiest, best life, right? That's what we want. So I hope that you will stay tuned for the next few episodes. Well, for all the episodes, right? But particularly these episodes for nutrition so that you get the full picture because often we, we just do not get the right information. And then let me know how it is going for you because I'd love to hear from people. And as always, thank you so much for being here and listening and happy healing. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Nurse Soul Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would rate the podcast and leave a comment. That is very helpful. And if you haven't already, if you would subscribe, that is also very helpful. And I greatly appreciate you being here and, and also subscribing. If you are interested in learning more about quantum healing, I am doing nutritional therapy still, nutritional therapy and quantum health coaching. 
I do that one-on-one -on -one and I also have a class. It's a workshop for you to build your own pro-healing plan. So you may be somebody who's already done a lot of healing. Um, and so you're just wondering about what you might do to have even more optimal health or somebody that might be, you might be somebody that's struggling with a health issue. And either way, these are, these workshops are designed for you to really see the practical kind of applications of the quantum techniques that you can incorporate in your daily routine. It is also about nutrition, but mostly about using our light, the mitochondria, circadian rhythms, and then also, of course, food. We usually have time to talk a little bit about movement and, of course, the soul, how to nourish our souls. And there is time for Q&A in that workshop. So if you are interested, I would love to have you join one of the workshops. I also have a Pro Healing Diet ebook that is now available on my website. So all of that information can be found at nourished-soul.com. So you can check it out and keep in touch. And thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you.